What's up, all you crazy streamers? Yes, you streamer people. I know who you are. You don't have TV. You only stream what you actually watch. Well, I got something cool for you. It's called Paramount Plus. Yes, Paramount. The Paramount. The one that's, you know, CBS, the big people. (laughs) Well, they came up with a pretty cool thing that you can stream all of their original movies and all of their original TV episodes. It's over 30,000 episodes in movies and originals. You can even stream live sports and news with limited commercial interruptions. The cool part about Paramount Plus 2 is they offer, they offer a commercial-free plan. And I don't know about you, but to not have to watch commercials would be so epic, even though I'm pitching a commercial to you right now. (laughs) But that's okay because I'm a comedian and that's what I do. Anyways, check out the um, the notes for the show. The link is in our notes. It's the Paramount Plus link. Use it because it supports the show. If you could, please, if you're going to sign up or you can go to our website at um, highlyirritable.org. The website there uh, has the link connected to it as well. So check them out. It's Paramount Plus. They're very affordable. And like I said, you can watch 30,000 episodes in movies, original, live sports, and news with limited commercial interruptions. Or you can check out their commercial free plan that they have. So everybody check it out. It's in our show notes, Paramount Plus. What if it was possible to get local, fresh groceries delivered right to your front door? You could take up underwater basket weaving with all of that free time. Well, Instacart gives you unlimited grocery delivery for one low monthly fee. Way better than the other guys that nickel and dime you every time you use their app. Forget that one ingredient you needed to make your grandma's famous casserole? Instacart can deliver it to your front door in as little as one hour. You can shop multiple stores, see deals in your area to help you save money, and every item is hand-selected by shoppers based on your preferences. No more rock-hard avocados. And they'll keep your eggs safe, too. To start your 14-day free trial, follow the link in the show notes to let Instacart know that we sent you and to help support the show. Instacart. Never step foot in a grocery store again. Welcome to Highly Irritable. This is my daddy's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Highly Irritable. I love being your host, and my name is Adam Lee, and Marissa Jane is my co-host, and she would like to say hello to you. Hi, everyone. We are both pretty much in dying. Um, That's an understatement. So this will probably be our last podcast. No, stop. (laughs) No, seriously, we are so sick right now. It's ridiculous, but we got to get through this because we've got such an exciting episode. We've got a huge interview with Cooley Bully. He's a funky rapper, and I'm super excited for you guys to get to hear that. Yeah, it sounded really fun. And we got to, we're going to launch the YouTube version of it as well because it's an interview. It's 50 minutes long. Him and I sat there and basically shot the shit like we were best friends forever. Uh, I'm excited to watch it. What do you think of the music? I like it. Yeah, he's got funky music. You know what I mean? It's fun to listen to. It is. He sounds like he's having fun the entire time. Yeah, and it's a different sound, so it's just 
something fun to listen to when you're in the car and driving. Yeah. And like I said, he's, he's uh, one of the many people that is uh, bringing back the funk and funk is definitely coming up big in the music industry. And I can't wait because it's funk is like real music to me. You know, it's got all the elements. Yeah, I agree. But anyways, let's just touch on a couple things real quick. The boring shit. Um, real quick. We are now affiliates with Amazon. I'm sure you all know this. However, Amazon has granted us access to promote their prime wardrobe. And I don't know if you guys have heard this, but it's easy as one, two, three. Number one, you choose up to eight items. Number two, you only pay for what you keep. And number three, they're free and easy returns on whatever you do. And all you do is pay a minimum fee like you're paying now with Prime. It's super cool. Yeah, that sounds amazing. You know I'm for sure getting that because I'm obsessed with clothes. Yeah, Marissa's hook, line, and sinker as soon as I told her about it. (laughs) Already got it. No, but anyways, so if you guys, uh, if you could please go to our website. You can find the link. It's in our website. There's a picture that says Amazon Wardrobe. Just click on the picture and go straight to it. Um, We still have Paramount Plus, too which is great because if you miss the Grammys, you can watch it on Paramount+. And so many other things, especially flashbacks to my childhood. Yeah. It's awesome. What is your, what's flashbacks to my childhood? Is that a show? No, I'm saying flashbacks to my childhood. That's what Paramount Plus has is like so many, I don't know, oldies for me. Probably not for you. I'm not sure <laughs> what they brought back from your childhood. But, I mean, they've got all the good stuff, like Hannah Montana, Sweet Life, Zach and Cody. I'm probably losing you. You have no idea what those are. but <laughs> No, I know I know what Hannah Montana is, and I believe it or not, because Barry grew up watching that stuff, so I was forced oh, to watch well, it. Well, there you go. They brought back all the good stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, we were all pretty stoked when Disney Plus came, when Disney came out. Oh, um, yeah. And But Paramount Plus is just as big. CBS has been around for a long time. They've got a lot of hit shows. And so if you missed anything, you can watch it. Um, and you even have the option to watch it commercial free. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, you just pay the fee. Pay up, sucker. <laughs> well, Hulu has that option too, though. So, I mean, it's not uncommon for them to do the same. And I would totally pay to not have to watch commercials. Yeah, that's true. And But if you want to help support the show, be sure to go to our website or check in the show notes for the Paramount Plus um, link, and that would be great. Anyways, you ready to get started? Of course. We got a pretty jam-packed show. I mean, I don't even know how we're going to fit it all in the time frame that we normally fit it in. Well, we should probably hurry up then. Okay. Well... Let's talk about the Grammys, because that's going to be a pretty big event that's going to be talked about. There was a lot of shit that happened last night that was crazy. For sure. A lot of stuff happened. What was your favorite part? None of it. (laughs) (laughs) It really was the most irritating show I've ever watched in my life. Oh, come on. I'm serious. There was only two good performances, in my opinion. Three, because I like Post Malone. Oh, I love Post Malone. And I think he nailed his Hollywood is bleeding. Yeah, Um, he did. And then I like the Harry Styles one, too. That was good. Oh, yeah. His was really good, too. And um, Billie Billie Eilish did her song. I just wish she would have done something like more upbeat. It was really like, I don't know. It feels like, like they tamed her. 
that was because I believe that was the song she was up for a Grammy for. Yes, that's the reason. They put them in order and they performed throughout the show. And I believe it was for the number one artist or whatever. Yeah. Personally, I really like that song, so I didn't mind it too bad. I get what you're saying with wanting it to be a little more upbeat, but I no. guess I'm a little biased. I love all her music. I, I feel like it's sad, but the music industry has lost its, like, famous people have lost their touch. So I feel like they feel like they have to go further distances to capture people's attention. Are you talking about the stripper shoe? I'm talking about it. The whole show was just just (laughs) ridiculous. Even, I mean, unfortunately, I don't, I don't really know who the guy hosting the show was, but he was, he was, he was horrendous. It was terrible. He wasn't funny. His jokes were terrible. Um, He sat there and danced on stage the entire time. I mean, it was just so poorly put together. It felt like they put it together within 30 seconds and said, good luck. Yeah. Well, it was the pandemic Grammys, I guess. Well, so was last year's, but I don't know. Nah, I it would have, they would have been better off just getting rid of the whole show. It it was terrible, and then you had two chicks clam bumping on live television. Oh, you mean your favorite person ever, Cardi B, <laughs> the only woman I would leave you for. Where's the soundboard? I know I don't have it. I'm running right now. Just kidding. Where is my Cardi B? She's so hot, man. She's so funny. (laughs) Let me tell you guys, he'll sit here and say how it was just terrible having to watch these women shake their butts on the Grammys. And then he says he loves (laughs) Cardi B and she's so hot. (laughs) (laughs) There's my girl. Let's do another one. Hang on. Shmoney. 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 Meh. That's basically what she did the whole show. And then she performed with another girl and they basically had sex on stage. I'm not into that stuff. Like that shit is just ridiculous to me. You don't need to go that far, you know? Yeah, well, it was the WAP, so. (laughs) Okay, so here's my thing, okay? First of all, we don't get live music right now as it is. Yeah. So if the Grammy says they're going to put on an event and the Grammys is music. Uh-huh. They should have done a better job. Because it yeah. was the only night we all got to watch live music. And you know, good thing Corn is doing their their thing where you can buy a virtual ticket and they're going to blast the thing all over the country, but it's still not going to be the same as being there watching a live concert. I think maybe that's why every uh, performer went hard last night, if you know what I mean. Because that was Cardi B and I believe Megan The Stallion's first time performing that song. Oh, yeah, it was. It was a, so it was a breaking. I feel like they thought, well, it's the Grammys. It's our first time performing it. This is the closest thing that any of these people are getting to live music this year. Let's go all out. So, I mean, yeah, they kind of did that. I mean, was it a little inappropriate for the younger audience? Yes. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I... I get why they did it. I think it was disappointing. And I think the whole show was disappointing. In retrospect, 
to what I'm saying about live music. Like I, I expected a performance and I look forward to the Grammys when I get to see the pop side of things because I'm a rock and roll fan. Mm-hmm. And I hate the fact that the Grammy snubs rock and roll artists all the time. Like the Foo Fighters should have won album of the year. Um, Metallica should have won band of the year. Let's talk about touring, right? Like live actual music where people don't fucking lip sync. Cause these people lip sync the whole night. The only one that didn't was Billie Eilish. Yeah. Post Malone uh-huh. and Harry Styles. Yeah. And I like Harry Styles, you mm-hmm. know, but I was very irritated about it. Yeah. Sorry for coughing, guys. We're we're really trying to make it through this right now. But either way, I was just very disappointed with it. And I know I've probably said that a thousand times. And I feel like for the last 10 minutes, I'm going to be listening back to this saying, all you did was repeat yourself. But I promise you, the rest of the show is fire. Wait till you hear the interview. <laughs> well, the show is about all things irritable. So it's okay to talk about it. Let's yeah. Hear what really irritates you. And what are the odds of me being able to interview a hip-hop star the week of Grammys? I know. That's awesome. Right? It totally fit the bill. And on another, on a good note, though, I will say this. Beyonce passed up all artists and set a record. She tied. No, so I, the next Grammy she gets, she will be 28. I so she's tied sworn. at 27. Okay, so I could have sworn last night he said, oh my God, you did it. I thought Beyonce won the record. Mm, what I took from it is that she is now tied. So she just needs one more Grammy, I think, to hit 28, and then she'll Here hold we go. the new title. Beyonce won four awards, bringing her lifetime total to 28. She now oh. holds the record for most Grammy wins by a female artist. Blue Ivy Carter, her daughter, also won her first award. That's amazing. Yeah, isn't that nuts? For her daughter. I mean, that's, I mean, her too, you know, because she hit 28, but that's cool for her daughter to get a Grammy. And I think that Billie Eilish should have won Album of the Year. She deserved it. I agree with that too. But I, she did win, um, what was it? I don't remember. Oh, no, wait. She didn't win Album of the Year. She won Record of the Year. What is the fucking difference between a record and an album? I don't know. I'm not in the music industry. That's a good question, though. So Taylor Swift won Album of the Year for Folklore, which fuck Taylor Swift. Yeah. And trash. Bill, she is trash, dude. She's she's the I swear to God, I guarantee you there's videos of her being like the worst human being to her fans. But she pays people off to not let people see it. I know it. <laughs> she's probably an evil person. I'm just not a fan of her music. She's super conceited and. I don't know, whatever. You can tell when she's singing, she thinks her shit doesn't stink like she poops potpourri. <laughs> but I could sing a song to her. Maybe she does. Yeah. I don't know. But it says Taylor Swift won Album of the Year for Folklore and Billie Eilish's Everything I Wanted earned Record of the Year. What the fuck is the difference? I know. Which one's better? Fuck, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to say it's Billie Eilish. Well, yeah, we're biased, though. Yeah, I guess you could say that. But Harry Styles killed it, too, you know. He did a great job up there, and, and like I said, um, Posty did pretty good, too. I was excited to see him. Yeah. Like you said, his uh, performance was one of the, the better ones. It was. I told Marissa, I was like, dude, you know what they should have done for the Grammys is just let fucking Post Malone do a whole show. You did say that. <laughs> it would have been so much better. Right. But I will say this. If we want to move on from the Grammys, 
what the fuck happened in the Bachelor fucking show, dude? Oh my god. We had to rewind it like four times to understand. We really did. I mean, mind you, I was in and out of consciousness, and I still am right now, but. Yeah. Okay, so typically he does sit and watch The Bachelor with me and give his uh, commentary on it, but being he was sick watching the final rose um, and the whole uh, interview. I made it through it, babe. I know, but your commentary wasn't as good as I would have loved. But that's okay. Next season. It was like a very serious moment, though. Like, this dude. That's true. For once in Bachelor history, there was a fucking guy that had his shit together. I have never seen an episode like that on The Bachelor, ever. That's because that's what real human beings go through. Yeah. So, like, that's what I expect. Like, that was real-life shit. That was no sugar-coated, you know, we're in love, proposal, get married, final rose interview. Oh, we're so in love. We're still together. And then they break up two weeks later. This was, like, real shit. No, I I actually commend this man because he took a huge step in the right direction for The Bachelor. And he was like, no, this is forever. Like, and I had a dad that couldn't make that decision. And Mm -hmm. he left my mom on her own. Yep. And I'm not going to do it a second time. I'm going to be a role model. Yep. And the poor fucking guy gets blasted by racism. Oh, my God. So terrible. I know. And you could tell, like, he, they really. It was the most awkward show I've ever seen. Like, there were they were hurting. Like, five minutes of silence. If you put it all together, there was probably five to ten minutes of pure silence between the two of them where they couldn't talk. Like, awkward silence. I remember... I had looked over at you like, did you pause the TV? And he was really just that still because he he was he's a very calculated person. And you can tell that. So he really sat there and thought about what he was going to say before he said it. So, yeah, most of the interview, he sat there in silence. And I think he was just kind of dumbfounded by the whole situation. Like, I can't believe this is what happened. You know, he just went through all of that. All that time to have that ripped away from him, basically. You know, he uh, the man interviewing, I can't remember his name, but he had asked her um, if, she, if it sat in the back of her mind the whole season. Like, did you think that you were going to get caught for this? Do you know, and she said, no, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think it was a problem. Yeah. And... It just goes to show. And that was the one thing that like hurt him to the core. You could see it on his face. Yeah, How could was, you not he know? Devastated. He loved her. Yeah. And she actually loved him, even though I didn't think she did. I yeah. Mean, at first I was like, dude, this chick's kind of fake, but she did. She loved him. It just, it was, it was brutal, a sad though. situation. It was very sad. And actually I was for the first time, like genuinely bummed out about the bachelor. Cause the dude, Already made a hard decision and right. said, I'm taking a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow my heart and I'm going to ask this chick to marry me. I know coming from me, guys, because I know how you went, you think I am. I'm coarse or, you know, what's that word I'm thinking of? Asshole. Yeah. I'm an asshole and I don't really care about lovey dovey shit. Yeah. But I could see the look in the dude's face like it was the first real moment in Bachelor history that I've ever seen. Like, it wasn't scripted. It was a real moment. Yeah, it wasn't just actors playing shit and, and it definitely, making us laugh. 
it definitely sucked without Chris Harris. Yes, but the other guy did a great job. He though, did filling in for that circumstance. Because yep. fuck, what a hard circumstance to like jump in and be like, by the way, <laughs> this is what's going on. Even though the whole world knows, but I thought he did a great job. The only thing that irritated me, yeah, was at the end, and he <laughs> asked them if they wanted to have a final embrace, and I right. sat there like, why the fuck would you ask them that? <laughs> yeah, that don't put a person in the spot like that. No, especially when you can see how much he's hurting and he just sat there. Yeah, you can and see then, the pain in someone's face, dude. Don't put him through it. Yeah, and he sat there and just basically reiterated what he had already said, like you need to do this on your own. <laughs> yeah. You for know, and sure. it had nothing to do with what he had just asked them to do, but what was he supposed to say? No, I don't want to touch her. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like for sure. You know, he's not going to say that yeah so he's gonna awkwardly say something else and it's gonna be awkward and i'm gonna feel awkward watching it and (laughs) then it ends and i was like what the fuck was that right i you know i don't know man other than that though it was a pretty good season um a lot of bullying went on in the house which for the most part got resolved in the women tell all victoria just what the fuck yeah but uh you know, most of the other women. I feel like every season, though, almost every season, I wish they would have picked the other girl that came in second. Oh, you mean the one that you said, like, truly did love him and yeah, I wasn't always going to have any issues? I swear every season, I'm like, why didn't you choose the other girl? And then they end up breaking up, and I'm like, told you. Yeah, you shitbag. Should have picked the other one. So what do you think about... Our four-year-old son earlier telling me as he tried to steal my Twinkies oh. <laughs> that because I took it away from him that I needed to eat vegetables. Yeah. He said, no, daddy, you're not supposed to eat that. You're supposed to eat vegetables. Dude. It's bad for you. Something like that. <laughs> but it's I'm going to steal it from you and eat it. Well, he was just trying to help you out. My four-year-old is the fucking food sheriff now. He really is. And I'm not allowed to eat anything without his approval or him having some. Well, he spends most of his day in the pantry <laughs> guarding it. <laughs> if you <laughs> he fucking does. He's like he, he's like the he's like the police of food now. No, he's the guy <laughs> at the toll. Like you have to pay him yeah, you in a flip, cookie. Flip the quarter into the bucket. Oh no. He gets paid in sugar. Yeah. You have to pull out a lollipop, a cookie, uh, something but to game, get past. His game show skills are on point, don't you think? Right. I think next time you ask him what his favorite dessert is, he's going to say Twinkies instead of fruit snacks. Yeah. What do you think about us teaming up with another podcast? And another doing, podcast? Yeah. We'll do a, a crossover podcast. A mixed podcast with another host. That might be fun. We'll collaborate our ideas because I did reach out to somebody. Uh Actually, well, we reached out to each other. It was kind of one of those things where we both were like, hey, why don't we try it? That could be fun. Interesting. Yeah. Get a different perspective on things. His podcast is called the Cream Soda Podcast. It's interesting. It's only 20 minutes. Like, he never goes over 20 minutes. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do with, you know, our platform where we come up with an hour and 10 minutes every week, you know? Yeah. I mean, literally, we could probably do it every day, to tell you the truth. But 
We just like to bitch that much. Yeah, that is so true, dude. We're just so irritable Let every day. Let me tell day. you something. Like, I, I have to tell you, like, the man flu is legit. Like, I know people don't believe it, and I know, like, tough working class people are always like, you gotta go to work. Well, let me tell you something. I'm one of those people, and this shit has completely knocked me out. Like, Well, that's an ongoing women's joke. It is, and there is such thing as a man flu. It's true. It really is true. And uh, mind you guys, I'm not actually sick. I've just been taking care of three, three sick, sick boys. boys. <laughs> yeah, it's been terrible. So I'm tired, which makes me feel like I'm sick, but I'm not, right. you know, I don't have a cold. I don't have the flu, nothing. Just, I know. you know. <laughs> oh, Marissa's such a saint, though, but I don't know. Sorry to get off subject there, but we might be doing a collab, a collab uh, podcast with the Cream Soda podcast. So that might be some fun. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah. Well, I think we should give the fans what they deserve and let them get this interview and listen to it. Okay, let's go in. Let's do a commercial break. When we come back from commercial, you're going to hear Cooley Bully. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. All right. We'll be back in a few seconds. I just want to take some time to thank my sponsor, Anchor. Um, If you haven't heard of them, um, they are the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and basically any other platform. Um, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, It's what I use. So if you haven't yet, go and download the Anchor app on your phone or just go to anchor.fm. Are you tired of spending big money on sunglasses? Well, I was, and I found this company on Instagram, and they're called Yeats, and they're great. Not only are they fashionable, but they're affordable. And that's even better. And they've got a little bit of a cool backstory, too. They're they're from Florida. The owners are Brianna Austin and Javier Chavez. And they start, you know, they worked at a jet ski rental business in Tampa, Florida, and they decided to turn a dream into a reality. And that's what is happening with Yeats. Yeatsofficial.com is where you can order your sunglasses. And let me tell you, they are affordable. They're anywhere between $35. And 40 bucks. My favorite pairs are the Humo, the Old Yellers, and the Faded. That's just my style. You know, your style might be different, but Yeats definitely has it. So go to yeatsofficial.com or check them out on Instagram where I found them. Their handle is at yeatsofficial. And check this out. Yeats is an exclamation of happiness, excitement, or all-around good energy. Doesn't everybody need that? Check them out. YeatsOfficial.com So good. 
but I'm so blessed, I feel like I'm high. Because I'm so up right now, what a time to be alive. Yeah. I've come too far, I work so hard, that's why I'm just sliding through the city, feeling so good that I so ain't got a worry in the world, can't nothing kill my vibe. Sliding through the city, feeling so good that I, I yeah. ain't got a worry in the world, can't nothing kill my Welcome back from commercial. I have one of my favorite guests, and I can't tell you. I know I spoke about it last week on the episode that you listened to. But damn, it feels good to be interviewing this man. Welcome to the show, Cooley Bully. Oh, hang on one second. I turned off your hair. There you go. We're back up and running. Yes, sir. <laughs> Cooley Bully. I can't believe it, man. It's been a long time coming. Man, it really has. It really has. Damn, dude. And if y'all didn't know this, but that was uh that's one of Cooley's songs called Slide and it's one of my favorites, to be honest. You know. Man, I pre- I think that's one of my favorites too, for sure. It, so. You know, it speaks the truth, just like your music. The reason why I wanted to interview you, and I know you and I've talked about this before, but right. I, I want to interview you because your music is fun. And there's no yeah. artists ain't aren't having fun anymore. It seems like there's just negative shit all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my look. My motto is you can't have funk without fun. That's right? right. That's right. And that's a great motto, man. I mean, seriously though, that you know, why don't you do this? Why don't you tell the fans first of all, how did you come up with the name Cooley Bully? Cooley Bully, man. You know, I used to go by Country Boy back in the day. So okay. I was running into a lot of branding issues and stuff like that. So I had like the CB brand and, you know, I came up with a whole bunch of crazy ass names, you know, just all kinds <laughs> of crazy names. And I wasn't liking any of them. So, you know, I just kind of put on the back burner and like literally one day, like I was taking a nap and I don't nap usually, but I take a nap, I took a nap and. It was like this voice came to me. It was like, holy moly. Like, it was like some <laughs> mythical, you know, I don't magical. So, it, bro, it like literally came to me in a dream. And I'm originally from Louisiana. So, like, Bully in Louisiana is, you know, like when you go to a party and you get that punch and you don't know what's in that punch. Okay. They get you to toe up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Have a great time. That jungle that juice. It just, it just fit. It just stuck. So, yeah, we came up with it like that. I never knew that. See, you learn something new every day. There you go. Damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't say the name Cooley Bully without, la- without like, smiling at least. It's, right? You know, it's fun. That's what I'm, you know, like, you can't take everything so serious. So you know. No. I think that's why your music does that, though. Your your lyrics, everything is all about the vibe. I mean, yeah. oh yeah, you're yeah. You got you got to have a good time, man. Life's too short. You know what I'm saying? It it, it is, and and a lot of people say, 
especially in the in the industry that you're in because it is a hard industry um oh, yeah. but a lot of people say that your vibe in your music is what carries you to the top so you know people can right. feel that so like in your music like when i was listening to your music you know i listened to it a lot but jamming down the freeway i'm vibing the whole way wherever i'm going just oh, yeah. having a good time. You can hear the fun in your voice, though. You're having fun doing it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you're not having fun, then you must not be doing something right. Though. Right. <laughs> right. So, also, I mean, so yeah. you had a pretty shitty childhood, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I come I come from pretty tough times. You know, I got a crazy story. Yeah. It, it, oh. Mom and dad, they still in the picture, or? Uh, mom is, uh, mom's not doing too, she, her health's kind of bad, you know. Oh, man. Um, she's still around, but I mean, we're not on best terms, but you know, that's still mom, so. Yeah. You know, it is what it is, but, uh, no, I haven't, bro, I haven't seen dad probably since I was like four or five years old. My, my brother actually talked to him. I got two older brothers. My brother talked to him a couple years ago and he tried to write me a letter just trying to like apologize you know what i mean yeah it just didn't it didn't seem authentic you know not I well guess. it seems like it's good and he's kind of on the yeah. way out so he's trying to you know man. i don't know we're a stranger at this point you know what i'm saying so well dude family can be your worst enemy though especially for us yeah it's it's been tough you know what i mean but i just try to do better now i try to do better 100 my wife you know what i mean like i just try to do the best i can and 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 show them a better way, you know what I mean? So yeah, you're. They taught you without knowing they taught you, right? right. I'm I'm so, in the same boat. It, you know, it's it's exactly the same thing for me. I mean, me and my father finally have a relationship now, but we didn't have the best relationship growing up, right? Like I never saw him, yeah. so it was like, what was it? You know? And then, like I said, family can be your worst enemy for two guys like us, just because we have dreams, we have passions that we're following. We're like actually doing what we want to do. And not what they expected us to do, you know? Yeah. I don't need yeah. to be hauling down fucking cement bags and shit like that. I ain't no, you know, <laughs> I'm not grabbing a fucking nail gun, okay? Like, yeah, I'm right. doing it a different way, homie. And, so. I mean, it, and that would be okay, you know what I mean? As exactly. Well, I don't like killing people, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah, I think I think like, we both did good. Hey, you know what? We're both there for our kids, right? And we're there for our wife. We already broke those those generational curses. So Hell yes, we did. And I tell you what, I ain't gonna let that shit come back either. That's that's that fucking voodoo spell. You got to get rid of that. Right, right, yeah. Get away, back, yeah. yeah, dude. I mean, well, you and I. I mean, and then you also had some sickness too, like super young, man. I mean, you had some shit. I mean, you definitely have a reason for your story, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I was. I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis when I was like five years old. So, and it was crazy because then I was like the youngest kid in Texas to ever have it. They kept testing me because at that time, when we moved to Louisiana, we were living in, in Beaumont, Texas, Port Arthur area. And uh, they didn't have the best hospitals at that time in like the early 90s, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they kept testing me for other stuff. And uh, uh, I was actually, I was losing a lot of blood in the process of, you know, Holy and shit. Like, died, you know, because they were testing me for the wrong thing. So one doctor was like, man, finally, like, told my mom, like, man, take them to Houston, get them to Texas Children's, 
they figured out what it was, you know what I mean, and started treatment. But uh, man, I fought that stuff for like a good seven, eight years. So I was about 12, 13, but I was like on like 21 pills a day at one time up to that point. That's heavy. Chemotherapy. They were like trying all these experimental drugs that messed up my heart. I had to have a heart surgery. Like it was crazy, but it ended up getting worse and worse. So eventually I ended up having to have uh, multiple surgeries and uh, bro, they took out my whole colon. I don't have a colon large intestine. They took it out. Like you. So do you have a bag? I had a bag for like two years in the middle of them because they were like going in reconstructing like my guts, like my plumbing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My plumbing is a little different from everybody else's, but they had to go in and redo all that. And then finally, uh, after everything was done, they they reconnected everything. I'm back. You know what I mean? But I just, I don't have a large intestine anymore. Damn. It was so so diseased and they said you can live without it. So, but they told me I wouldn't live to be past 25 and I've, Pass that shit along. <laughs> yeah. Well, do, like so, the crazy thing is, though, like when I read about that, because, I, you know, I was studying a lot about you. So right. when I read that you had ulceritis colitis, not a lot of people know about what that is. And they still don't. Right. And I had a yeah. really like a father figure, someone that I grew up around, one of my mentors in business. Um, his right. wife got it. And she called him one night and said, you know, like my stomach, it, I'm dying. Like my stomach is yeah. killing me. And she couldn't figure it out. Multiple, multiple doctor's visits. Like, um, yeah. and I think they finally did exactly what they removed an entire section of her intestines and her colon. And she yeah. was in a bag. And I think they did get a temporary uh, thing or not a temporary, but they put a fake one in there basically. Right. Like, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is fucking wild. Science yeah, is fucking crazy. wild, isn't it? Yeah, so they they took out like because your large intestine is like four feet long, right? And your intestine is like I don't know, like twenty or thirty feet long. But they took out the whole large intestine and took out like four feet of my small intestine. Jesus so, Christ! And like after the first surgery, it was crazy because I was in like I think sixth grade at the time. I was in uh, middle school, and uh. I tried to go back to school because I was sick of like homeschooling. Like it was, ugh, I didn't like it. And yeah. Cute because I was like, I don't, I don't know. I've always kind of been like a smart kid in school and stuff. So I was doing all my work. They accused my mom of doing my work for me. <laughs> my mom was off. <laughs> she went off. What? So Where do you come to- off saying that? Bro, it's crazy, right? And uh, so I went back to school and uh, I don't know, like the first day, like I just felt like, I feel like my heart was racing all day. I was like, like super anxious all day. So I go home and uh, I told my mom, she called my doctor. They were like, yeah, you know, take him to like Walmart or something, check his blood pressure. Cause you know, back then we didn't have that shit at the house. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I hook it up and it like, my blood pressure is cool, but my heart rate was like 230. Well, what and year was like, this? This was probably, I was in sixth grade, bro. I don't know. It's probably like, 99 98 yeah they didn't have shit for medicine yeah so you know they they were like we called my doctor and it was like man his heart rate's like 230 i mean if you're a fool jogging outside your heart rate to get up to like 180 180. right like a full-blown workout they're like no that can't be right take it again took it again no it's 230 you know so they were like rush him to the hospital they get over there like they're freaking out you know what i mean damn yeah, it was crazy. So basically, what that was called was ventricular tachycardia, which your heart 
beats too fast. Uh-huh. It's six beats and all this crazy shit. It was because they overdosed me and gave me too many of the, all these medicines to fight the ulcerative colitis. Wow. You know? so, Dude. Um, yeah, they had to, basically, they had to give me a shot of this medicine called adenosine, and it stops your heart for, like, a few seconds. Oh, my God. Bring out the paddles just in case it stops it for too long. And uh, the doctor was like, you know, hold on, because it's going to feel like an elephant's going to sit on your chest. And I was like, bro, I'm, like, 11, 12 years old, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, don't freak me out. They give me the shot, and it feel like I got a Hadouken to the chest. Hadouken. <laughs> 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 Crazy, crazy. Oh so, my god, like it went down, and then my heart rate shot back up to like 250, 260. And then, like, at that point, bro, like, I was on the verge of having like my heart blow up and I was gonna die, you know. So, they were the doctor freaking out, and he was like, Man, let's try it one more time. I've never done this two times, but at this point, I don't know what to do. So, they did it, it got it down to about 180, and then, like, they life flighted me downtown and they put me in icy. It was crazy. This. Wow. I mean, do you still have, like, flashbacks? Do you go to therapy for that? Or, I mean... Um, No, just a lot of years of drinking and partying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you definitely did what I did, you know? You took the high road. Yeah. Yeah. Life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I guess it just made me who I am, made me a lot tougher. And I just look at everything a lot different, you know? I'm just grateful and thankful to be alive, you know, so... It's, you know what, I, I'll admit it, I go see a therapist, only because I, I don't want to go back and do drugs anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I really don't. Like, if I was doing drugs, I wouldn't be talking to you right now, and we wouldn't be hitting it up on Instagram being buddies, you know what I'm saying? I'd be in a, I'd be in a motherfucking bridge shooting up right now. <laughs> I mean, there's still shit that I tell my mom to this day, like, you know, like, whatever, I mean... Our relationship, I don't think she ever forgive me, but that's okay. Like, that'll, the time will heal itself. But, you know, like, I, I tell her I do, like, sir, like, I'm like, hey, you know, I, I did do heroin. She's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, I did, mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, dude, it's crazy, bro. Like, you, you didn't yeah. really even have a childhood, though. I mean, if you think about uh, it. it was, yeah, I was like, and I was the baby, too, out of, out of my brothers. I only got two older brothers, so. It was kind of crazy because I was like really forced to like grow up. Yeah. Really. You know, I didn't really get to experience a lot of kids. And by the time, you know, I did get well and, and finally started recovering from that. Then I was like a teenager and I was 13, 14. And then, you know, my mom was able to go back to work more full time. So it's like my brothers are gone. Yeah. My mom's at work. I'm finally well. So, yeah. It's party I'm, time. Yeah, I went crazy. You know, so yeah. Well, I mean, what's that saying they say where uh, sight unseen? Yeah. Right. Like no one's yeah. paying attention to me, so I'm gonna lash out. Yeah. That's crazy, so, man. It's just hard to think that you could have that kind of a lifestyle, and then when you listen to your music, you don't hear it. Like you, you know, that type of lifestyle leads to like <laughs> a Nirvana song, dude, <laughs> or like Soundgarden, right? I mean, to be, I used to make darker music you know what i mean like i used to be in a bad place for a while just because I, I just felt like nobody cared and especially like um a lot of people don't know like even my wife you know what i mean like i'm in a we have an interracial relationship we've been together since we were in high school and uh, that was hard for a lot of people to understand you know gotcha. so 
you know, that was even hard and my family didn't understand that and my music thing. So it was like, I was kind of always like, I felt alone anyways, you know, so. Like the black sheep. Yeah, definitely. You know, so it got to a point I started getting in trouble a lot in high school. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't because I wasn't a bad kid. I was just, you know, like for instance, I didn't have money to go to prom. We wanted to go to prom. I didn't have money. I was working. I was mowing yards and shit. You know what I mean? And yeah. I just wanted to try some stuff. So, bro, I being a young, dumb kid, I stole some jewelry out of Foley's, which is like now Macy's, you know. <laughs> and uh, I got away with it at the one spot. Then we went to another mall, and I got caught. You know what I mean? And oh. I was just trying to do that because I wanted to go buy badass tucks for prom. You know right. I, mean? I wasn't hurt anybody and you know i got i got in trouble and stuff but it was like after that that kind of like spiraled everything and you know my mom caught me smoking weed and stuff oh yeah weed's the gateway drug i can't handle this you know you gotta go so i've been on my own really since i was like 17 years old you know what i mean yeah i just made a way i made a way but like i said i was in a dark place for a little while you know especially like my early 20s i was I didn't I didn't feel like anybody cared, so I was really going hard and doing stupid stuff and you know, I think that's like kinda at the height of that, that's when, you know, I was in some situations that I shouldn't have been in and um I spoke out about like when I got ran over, you know. Yeah. I, yeah, what the know. fuck? You got ran over by a fucking Denali, right? Yeah, a Jeep, a Jeep. A fucking Jeep. A Jeep Grand Cherokee. Everything that saved my life. Oh because it wasn't four wheel drive. It was a two wheel drive Jeep. Oh. So I was just did doing it, stupid shit. How did you, you know, where did it go over your body? Like where did the car so actually when it hit me, because I was trying to get away from the situation. Yeah. And when it it was raining that day, and it oh. was like twelve o'clock at night, you know, and I tried to hurry up and do a juke move, but I slipped, <laughs> and then the truck literally hit me. And I can hit me the front passenger wheel, and like hit me in like my torso. Oh, and it was like you know I kept like I was holding on to the bumper trying to pull myself out, but the tire kept trying to you know what I mean? Yeah. The dude drug me like probably I think they said like almost four hundred feet, like three four hundred feet around this parking lot. And almost out into like this busy strip, 1960s, like a big busy strip on the north side of Houston. And uh, there was a parking lot. There was a there was some lady that was at a restaurant. I don't want you know I don't want to say all that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some people going in. There was some old church ladies in all purple, and they were like you know waving the guy down. So the guy stopped and got out with a gun, literally like gonna shoot me. And I get that oh. point. You know, I was so. <laughs> On all kinds of drugs and drinking. And dude. Just do it. What are you waiting for? Let's yeah. Go. Yeah. And the dude was like, so he left. I got up, bro. I'm like pouring blood. Like, I had oh. a big Texas bell buckle. It like shaved the whole Texas off of it. Like, wow. Freaking, and then I'm kind of like in and out of it. So the ladies like lay me down, I guess. And they're like praying over me. And then next thing you know, like detectives and cops showed up. And uh, like I passed out. Then I had like, you know, I had a bunch of money in my pocket and yeah. some other stuff, and they took everything, of course. <laughs> then I woke up. I, like, passed out. Then I woke up, and I'm, like, handcuffed uh, feet and ankles in life flight. 
and I'm like, I can't breathe. I'm like, man, y'all help me. Like, I, I swear my ribs is crushed. You know yeah. What I mean? Like, I can't breathe. And they're like, well, we can't give you anything until we get to the hospital and you talk to detectives. And I'm like, man, fuck that, man. Like, y'all, I'm dying. Like, yeah. So I pass out. I wake up and there's like a room, 20 doctors, nurses, everybody's working on me. Then, <laughs> you know, detectives showed up and it was crazy. They were grilling me and. Dude, I was just like, look, I don't have. I've let these people save my life. I can't tell you shit right now. I don't know anything. If you got all this evidence, yeah, you know, whatever. So but whatever. Have enough. Do what you got to do. Hey, but it make it interesting okay. though. You need to make a movie about this. We definitely should. We definitely should. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Spielberg, give me a call. Right? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, well, I mean, okay, so let's get okay. Now that we're through the hard stuff here, okay, so we, okay, so Cooley hit the hard shit for you guys. So you guys need to give him some yeah. fucking love because that's some hard shit to go through. Let me tell you, here, you know, we we both just had a therapy session for y'all on the show. Yeah, yeah. But let's talk about how you got into music. I mean, like, how did that all start with all this shit around you? I mean, it had to be like, yeah. what? It had to be an outlet, right? I mean, you went yeah, that way because. Comedy for me, I was always into comedy movies. Like, I was always the guy that, you know, they wanted me to take shit seriously, and that's why I was a black sheep, and I didn't. I wanted to laugh. And that was my curse. It was my curse, and it was also my success. Because now, this is, look what I got now. Like, you know, like, this is my show, and fuck, I'm interviewing, you know, guys that are recording albums, and, and, you know, shit, this is the greatest job in the world, dude. But, like... Like, how did you get into it, though? I mean, like you said, it was definitely an outlet. You know what I mean? I wanted to, when especially after I kind of like beat my sicknesses, I really wanted to play football. But my mom was like, "No yeah. way, you're not nah. football. Like, you don't been through too much, you know." And I didn't spend all this money on doctor bills. <laughs> Hell no. We don't need no brain trauma either. You've touched every major organ. Let's not go to the brain, son. <laughs> <laughs> Let's I'm leave that part crazy. unscathed. So, <laughs> so many surgeries. No, we're not. Yeah. You know, I, I tried ROTC for a while, and that wasn't my forte. So right. Like, let me let me try band or something because band was technically at that time it was also an elective where I could pass PE without doing PE. Yeah. You know Hey, and you know what? Don't you motherfuckers on the show, all you listeners, don't you try to act like you didn't take the short way out, you son of a bitches, because I know you did. <laughs> Trying to do P.E. Hey, we all know for a fact when the fucking coach came out in them bike shorts with his fucking chew can in the back pocket and said, go run a mile, every one of us was like, fuck you, I ain't running no mile. Shit. I thought we were chilling. In middle school, we our PE teacher was uh, Coach Head, and I swear <laughs> to God, his first name was Richard. I was <laughs> so he used to get blasted. Oh, Richard Head! Oh my God, you couldn't have a better story in the world. Oh my God, I swear! You I could write a book about that guy. Man, so <laughs> Richard crazy. Head. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. So. How are you going to take that guy serious when he says go run a mile? <laughs> hey, you better listen to me. You better get it done. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm, so, I'm fucking serious right now. Okay, Coach Richard Head. <laughs> How do you not start laughing? <laughs> hey, you're being a dick again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So you. I mean, just 
through that. You know, I kind of, I kind of took, you know, I didn't really take music as serious back then. You know what I mean? But definitely getting into high school and stuff. I, I got into like drum line and playing drums and stuff. So, and uh, I don't know, it just, it just kind of came to me. Like all my friends in the neighborhood was like rapping and trying to rap and doing stuff like that. I started off by like making beats. Yeah. And I had like, the only recording studio like in my neighborhood, I had like an old Windows 95 or 8 or whatever <laughs> it was, you know, Acid Pro. We're cutting records. Yeah. School with their, we're, we're doing music. So I don't know. It just kind of transpired from that. And man, here we are today, you know. So, so from all that. how many actual instruments can you play? I can play, well, in high school, I played. I played drums, uh, like xylophones and keyboards, marimbas, all that stuff. All kinds of percussion stuff. I'm mostly like a percussionist. So. Well, that's why you're funky, though. Yeah, because that's why, and like, if you listen to my music, I have a lot of percussion. You're going to hear a lot of percussion. A lot of cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, let's listen. Hey, real quick, let's give the listeners a taste. Let's, okay, so um, Cooley just released a new single. Um, it's called Dance. Um, yeah. Why don't you tell them about that? Dance is a new single we just released on February 26th. It's produced by Maul Magic. He is a producer engineer from the Delaware tri-state area. Really dope guy. And it's featuring the big homie, one and only Wands. If you don't know who Wands is, he's a big Grammy winner from the song Thrift Shop with Macklemore. Yeah. Huge things. Of yeah. Years. And uh, we linked up through the grapevine and, and Juan's blessed this track and it just, it just became a, a great record, man. Feel good. Dance. Let's, let's do it, man. Let's jam it. Here's dance guys. Hey magic. What you done did? What you done did? Top floor. Top floor. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. Yeah, man. Uh. <laughs> yeah, man. I love it when you do that. Uh. Uh. Hold up. Hey, cool. Feeling good, I'm looking better. Yeah. Rabbit fur hat with a peacock feather. Ooh. I stay suited and booted, my lungs polluted. Black is looted, you can try to cut me pace, but can't do it like me. CB2 original. In my way, trying to chop my style from the bottom, so stopping ain't no option. Never flapping when I'm dropping, always keep the party rocking. Yeah, from Seattle to Texas, so player, I can sell mustard to catch up. Six moves ahead, play a catch up. Feet on next, and no, I won't let up. But that's neither here or there. I'ma go ahead and shake that dairy. Yeah, shake it fast, so you can get up and slow dance. Cool smoother than the man, minus the road man. This music got me. Somebody's late. Somebody hey, get up, get up, get on the floor. Dance to my shit. Hey. Get up, get up, get on the floor. Dance to my shit. Who can dance or jam with your friend? Hey. Let me pour a little crown in that wine glass. Then I'll bring in the mood, light in the groove. Kick off your shoes and do what you do. No judgment. Yeah, I know I'm kind of pungent. Excuse the weed smell coming from this. <laughs> No, this custom <laughs> never resell. I can tell that G shit, she loves it. Yeah, most good girls do. Bad and bougie, what girl I am too. Come for lace suit with some PK 
Snoop to get up and move it. Hit me one deep. I'm moving the groove, baby. You got nothing to lose. Damn, you know I stay the cleanest. Go to mouthpiece, my game is the meanest. Believe it, I said. This music got me going crazy. I think I think I stole somebody's lane. Get up, get up, get on the floor. Damn, I love that song, man. That is, <laughs> god damn, that's good. That is fucking funky. Yeah, man. You got a hit, yeah. Cooley. I appreciate it. Damn. Boy, uh, also, shout out to my boy uh, Glenn Holdaway. He is from Long Beach. He played those horns for me. He's in a badass reggae band and stuff out there. And he oh man. Up. Yeah, he played the horns for us on that track. So, you, and he's a he's a Grammy nominated horn player too. Badass musician, man. Shout well, out to my boy Glenn Holdaway. You can tell though. I mean, you can tell yeah. I, listening to your music over time. Like this is kind of a culmination. This song right here of all the shit that you've done in your career. I, I think, like in my opinion, of all the songs I listen to. You can tell the professionalism in this one. I mean, it, I'm not saying that the other stuff yeah. wasn't professional. I'm just saying that this right. shit is fucking fire, dude. Yeah. Like the last albums you've come out with, like 2020, 2021, um, Bare Knuckles and all that shit. Dude, it is fire and it's fucking funky and funk is coming back, dude. It, yeah, it really it is. is. It definitely is. Like how, how long does it take for you to write a song like that? I mean, how long? It's just, it's epic. Um... I don't like like with dance, bro. Like I'm serious. It like literally wrote itself. My boy sent me the track and I heard it. It didn't have the horns and stuff on. It was a little. It was a little bare at first. So we added a lot of elements and uh, he uh, he had a hook on it. And then he said, "Man, I you know we were talking to Wands at the time. He was like, maybe I think I can get Wands to sing this hook. So they they uh, Wands laced it up, sent it to me, and I was like. Oh, bro, because it was a little like I'm not gonna lie, like the beat's a little weird when you first hear it, especially if you hear it with no vocals. So, oh, it dude, little, it was a little hard to catch it at first, but then after we kind of got in the groove, I jammed it a few times. Like it just literally wrote itself. I wrote it like one day. Damn. Recorded it later that week, it it just it just came together. It felt good because that's my thing is when I write and I do stuff like I don't ever like to force myself to write anything. I like to like kind of let it. Yeah, you gotta let it come organically mm-hmm. so you know he sent it and it was you know they they called it dance and i was just like it put me in that groove bro like literally like the mask like a scene from the mask yes Carey, you know yes what I mean? and i was like i just I, that's my whole thing anyways i love that shit so i yeah. was like i just feel like this is like a scene out of a movie so i was like how how could i swag that you know so oh you definitely did i i gotta tell you man <laughs> 
I, I I've literally I'm gonna listen the song listen to the song to death just because dude I love funk first of all. Every stream counts. It, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, dude. I'm boosting it right now, bro. I got your your SEOs and all that shit and all the back end yes, stuff. No big deal. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, but I, dude, you know how bad I wish I had a talent like that, dude, to be able to write music like that. And then the other thing that sets you apart, I think, is the fact that your voice is so different, man. Like it, yeah, it, it yeah. fucking hits, bro. It's like that DMX effect with 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 funk behind it. And imagine if DMX had right. funk, dude. Fuck, right. he'd right. have a whole nother world to play with, but he couldn't handle it. It took me a while to kind of like really find my voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I like I came from like a hip hop background. We used to just rap and like be real chill and mellow. But you know what I mean? Like I was actually I gotta I gotta say this. My guy, I was working with Ronnie King out in L.A. a few years ago. We was actually in SoCal. We was in uh really uh, uh Indigo. Indio. Indio, yeah. Indio. Right by Coachella and stuff. Yep. Right I know exactly where that's at. We were working on some, like, that was when I first started doing, like, some funk tracks. And he was like, man, I just, I hear some menu. And uh, uh, Ronnie King, he's, like, a big Diamond Award-winning producer, bro. Like, worked with everybody from, like, Death Row to yeah. Mariah Carey to you name it. You know what I mean? Sublime, all kinds of badass people. So, right. he's like, man, you know, we were out there partying, recording. And he was like, man, just just push it. Push it, like, dig deep. Like, I hear something in you. Like, something I don't think that you even know, man. You know, I, he was like, okay, we did it. We kept recording, recording. He was like, man, dig deeper, dig deeper. Like, imagine, like, you're on a sold-out show. It's 12 o'clock at night. Your rent's yeah. two weeks past due. You you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, was like, I did it. I did a take, and I was just like, I hit it with that. Uh, and he was like, yeah. that's it. That's, that's it. it. That's what you need to do from now on. So it was like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, well, that's, right, let's it, you know what I mean? Dude, that's your flavor, though. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. epic. There isn't another voice like that tied with funk or any type of hip-hop beat, dude. It's right. epic. Right. And, like, right. you know, like, the thing, it's funny to me, though, nowadays, because I know you know this. You you, you and I talked already. I know that you're a big rock and roll fan. But if yeah. you've noticed yeah. how hip-hop people are starting to get their crowds to act like rock and roll fans, where they're, oh, you know, yeah. they're getting, a, you know, the beats dropping and they're trying to get them to mosh and do the fire up and the kicks <laughs> and the punches. And right, they right. want bloody faces just like rock shows because it's such a yeah. it's such a rush to feel that. Like it's a, it's a different energy for sure. You know what I mean? Like it's, it is. And I've watched crazy. your well, I've watched your live shows, though, because, you know, and I watch the other artists that you go uh, that go before you. And they play their set, and then you come out with this, like, match them up. I mean, it's like watching Slipknot <laughs> open for – it's like watching them open for fucking Metallica, dude. Like, it's just not yeah. the same. It's yeah. like Mariah Carey just went out and sang a ballad, and then you come out and just mash that shit. Like, it's – I love it, dude. Yeah, it's it's the gift of the curse sometimes. <laughs> it is, but it's – you know what, though? It works, yeah. man. And, and honestly, you guys, you can catch dance on almost – Every platform that's out there right now, you stream it on Spotify, Amazon Music, everywhere. Hit that shit and listen to it. Make it yours. Dance to it. The name is called Dance. So have fun with that shit. Cooly Booly with an I no EY featuring ones. Y'all go check it out. I love it, man. And then we got the new album that dropped too in December. That's Funk the World. 
Yes, sir. Yeah, that's the funk the world, baby. I love that. That album's got some shit on it, bro. You can listen to it for days, man. Man, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, that's in. That's what I was really trying to go for. Was like a classic, you know, like a like like if you put on like an old Credence or Hendrix record or Rolling Stones, you can really go through every song and jam the whole project. You know you, what I mean? Yeah. That's that's what I was really trying to embody was like a funk project, soulful, but it has all the elements, you know, new, old, hip hop, but really you can jam it all the way through. It's a party. You know what it I is. Mean? It's well, it's like a movie. There's there's yeah. like each one of your albums that I listened to was like a movie scene. Each one like yeah. takes you through a separate role that you put. You can feel the energy in it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Like whatever fun you're having. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever explained it to you like that, but that's what I picked yeah. up from it, you know? It's crazy because even like with Funk the World, so I got a studio in my house and the studio was like right next to our kitchen. Yeah. So like literally I was making tracks, producing tracks, and we're just jamming with the kids, cooking dinner, me and my wife, you know, maybe having a couple drinks and stuff. <laughs> and we'd literally come up with the parts of the song and then I would go and record it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're just having a good time like it was it that's basically so that's why you can feel it you know we were partying the whole time we made it, it yeah was, man yeah, well, it was definitely uh, a lot of fun so there's dance i i personally if you don't mind i want to go over just uh one more song um i was gonna go over trill never die but i want to go over this one more more because this one fucking hit me and right. it hit me in a way that was like I, I actually looked at my wife and i was like damn like yeah. I think for every artist, dude, like, you know, we all have that self-doubt and we all have that, like, feeling of, like, where you're like, fuck, maybe I'm not good, you know, like, shit, like, you know, and yeah. then it's followed by a yeah. quick compliment, you know, where you're like, shit, it's like a golf shot, you know, you go play golf and you suck all day and you hit that one good shot and boom, you want to yeah. play nine holes tomorrow, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's the high yeah. you get, you know, because you don't, we don't perform in front of people all day long, especially the fact there's no live music, you know. Fuck, yeah. dude, it's it's hurting even the fan right now, and it's got to be hurting yeah. you too, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, the song is called "Long Time Coming," um, and I'm gonna let the fans listen to this. You guys listen to this song; it's almost basically a cappella, so you really get to hear Cooley's voice. And this is the shit that I want you guys to listen to. It hit, it rung it rung home. So this is "Long Time Coming." Good vibrations is the antidote. 
Yeah, I broke the callus from my third eye. They feel the titles, but I really feel I've heard mine. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, but I'm coming. That's right. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. It just hits, dude. It hits hard. I got it. It has to hit you even when you listen to it now. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to go back to that moment when you were in the studio recording that, and because I could tell, like, all of your other. When I first like when I first wrote that song, I like I literally cried. Like I broke down and cried. You yeah, because it came to me. And like I recorded it, and like it took me a bunch. Usually I can record everything in a few takes or whatever, you know. What yeah. I mean? And like that one, I had to like stop and go over it a few times. And I kept getting choked up because it was like, and I put my heart and soul into that one. You know what I mean? And it's gospel. That that brass knuckles was a different kind of feel mm-hmm. because I had a lot of people wanting that album. You know, I had a bunch of people like, man, we want to hear some more hip hop stuff. So I was like, okay. I'm going to do it, but my own flavor, you know what I mean? So, right. Really, when I switched to Cooley Booley, I just really wanted to focus on primarily funk and soul and that type of music. So um, Brass Knuckles, is it's it's hard all the way through, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's got different flavors. And even with the title, that's I call it Brass Knuckles because what do you think about when you think about Brass Knuckles? Tough. Hard, yeah, tough, hard, hard yeah. You know what I mean? You got to be up close and personal. Like anybody can pick up a gun, but you know, having some brass knuckles, that's some real G shit. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I really wanted to do something different, like I've never done. So, long time coming, I ended with that track on the album, and I just wanted to really put my heart on the line and just let people know, like, you know, it's been a long road for me, and no matter what the road holds ahead. I'm still going to keep coming. I'm still going to keep fighting. I'm going to show up every day. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, the money and material shit, like, I'm past that. Yeah. Like, I'm at the point in my life and my career, I, I really love and enjoy making music, but I really want to leave a mark on the culture. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I really want people to get back to appreciating music in a different way than just turning on, like, oh, this is cool. I can jam this. Like I want to, I want to change people's lives. You know what I mean? Like even with my story, you know what I mean? If I can make it and come through the hard shit and make what we're making, then I want to inspire others to be able to do the same. hundred percent. Well, you're, you know, you're speaking to the kids that are like me and you, you know, like it, it's, it was hard, but there is an outcome. I mean, I always end my show on a final note, uh, like a final thought. And that's kind of what I preach about, you know, like hug somebody, tell them you love them. You know what I mean? Like I listened to that song and I could feel like the fucking pain in your voice. It was like there was pain in there. Like that shit hit me hard. Like And, and you know, music doesn't really – music does that to me every now and then. You know, when you have the moment you're in the car or whatever and, and all of a sudden you just – you feel tears coming on because the song fucking hits you in a different way. That's what this thing did to me. I mean – you're definitely leaving you're definitely leaving your stamp on the music industry right now because I'll tell you what like to bring back a genre of music that's been kind of dead for a while it is yeah. you know I would have to say that you're kind of like leading leading the forefront on that dude cuz when people start dance is coming out bro like it's going to be blasted everywhere I mean how many streams do you already have on it I mean right 
climbing, yeah. It's, cl it's definitely climbing, you know what I mean? So it's getting, people are loving it, you know. I don't have a big label behind me, you know what I mean? So we're, we're pushing as much as, as, as hard as we can, but it's definitely, every time somebody hears it, they're like, damn, like, this this makes me feel like this, or man, it gives me that outcast vibe, or, you know, whatever, like. 100%. I want to keep doing that, that that no one else is doing, because I really feel like right now, and it's not to talk down on anybody, but it's just, I feel like everything sounds the same right now. It does. I mean? All this mumble and shit. And it's just every, it's like so cookie cutter music right now. You know what I mean? Like nobody's really digging deep and pushing the boundaries. It, and I just, when, I want to do that. It, you know what though? Like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I listen to all this shit on, you know, music now is so different because now you, to get good music or listen or find anything, you got to search through social media. Like you're looking in the fucking Wikipedia book. Yes. And every now yes. and then you'll see an artist pop up. That's like, okay, shit. They got a voice. They got this. And I hope to God they're not auto tuning. You know what I mean? But it's like, if we don't, the the only reason why this is happening is because live music is shut down. Because live music brings out the ones who are actually artists, right? Because the right. shitty ones don't make it. And I've heard some shit shows where it's like, this is garbage, man. And then yeah. someone like you comes out and it's like, fuck yeah, this is why I go to live music because I want to hear the real ones. So you know, yeah. I appreciate that. Shout I'm out like, to you, I'm man. Man, I pre I was in a heated discussion on Facebook earlier, and I didn't even mean to piss anybody off. But <laughs> I mean, it's it's it was a the topic was, I, and I don't want to say any names, I don't want to stir up shit or anything. But it's like they're talking about live performances, live streaming performances with hip hop artists, but they want you to bring your tracks with the vocals on them. Oh and no! My point was if they're doing the songs with their vocals already on them then it's not a live performance. No. I mean, basically, they're lip sync. Yeah. So they're, oh, well, no, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, no. Like, I stand up for real artists and real musicians that really do this shit, and we're fighting, and we work our asses off, and, like, we got to stop settling for this mediocre, lazy talent. Like, it is. you can't show up and play your shit live, if you got a backing track, that's cool. At least come and spit your shit live or sing your shit live. If you can't do that, then you have no business being on the stage. 100%. They just couldn't understand that. They wanted to make a big deal about it. And, you know, I'm I'm the bad guy. But I'm like, no, like that's where we, we keep settling for this lazy shit. And that's that's not real live performance. Yeah, I, it's. Call your show, let's call your show a lip sync battle. Like, let's. It's yeah, ex yeah. <laughs> let's go on and wild and out. That. Let's just do and that. Like, I'm, not, I'm not hating. Like, do what y'all do. Like, you know what I mean? But oh, I'm yeah. fucking hating 100 percent because I'm fucking sick of it. All this fake ass shit. Like, dude, let's get back to being real because times were so much better when they when we were real. Like this dude, you know what? Like, I interviewed this guy Stale Cracker, bro. The reason why the motherfucker's famous is because he's authentic. The dude cooks food and shit in his backyard. Cooks alligators and shit. Same thing. <laughs> That's dope, man. I'm just saying, though. It's interesting. This I want to hear the guy that's in... And the next time I interview you, this is going to be a live show. Cooley's going to put on a fucking yeah. live show in his studio for us. Yes. And that's because he can do that. Like, I don't have to... He don't have to worry about putting on fucking censorship and... I know I'm going crazy right now, but this is the form of the show. Highly irritable. And fuck yes, we're sick of fake-ass music. 
and I'll say it. I don't give a fuck. I'm calling you pussies out right now. It's, it is. It's a little irritating. You know what I mean? Like it's not not a little. It is a lot. And it's, dude, it's, you, know, uh, you know what? Real musicians, bro. Like it's we keep settling. It's it's like that in in period, like in life. Hundred percent. The crazy shit that's going on. Like a lot of people are scared to speak out on what's fucking right. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. And I I represent real artists and real musicians out here working their asses off. And if you can't show up and really do this shit 100% real, then you have no business doing it. No. They're, the game is so oversaturated already. Oh. Like, just, just stop. Like, it's, whoever can, it's, it's whoever can have the most face tats now and whoever's fucking bu- fake-ass bulletproof vest looks better. <laughs> Motherfucker, back in the day, I wore a bulletproof vest because I was going to get fucking shot. And I didn't want nobody to know that I was wearing that shit. Right, right. You're wearing it as a, you're going to Kohl's and buying it on your mom's fucking charge card and putting a restricted fucking thing across it. Dude, yeah. stop. Like, this is crazy. We it's need act, real people. It's, it's, a, it's a big act, you know. And it's, again, I don't knock anybody for what they do, but yeah. I just, I come from an era like, Real gangsters and, and real people that really do this shit, we don't we don't really glorify it. You know what I mean? Right. And we're not gonna know. We're not gonna show you a gun. And t- if you see a gun, then it's it's already too late for you. It, yeah. It, you know what? There's no. Re- we don't need to. Nobody needs to talk about this. We don't. Yeah. It's just. <laughs> Unspoken, you know, it's just you know. I come from a different time. Yeah, go ahead and incriminate yourself on your rap album with your fake fucking bulletproof vest. That way, if anything ever does happen, yeah, it's like, oh, I don't understand why these fans are knocking about. Well, (laughs) yeah, he just took a picture with ten pounds and and ten, you know, handguns. So shit. Well, dude, I you know what? I got to tell you, man, I appreciate you doing this for me. Um, and so do the fans at Highly Irritable. We're fucking blessed to have you on our show and, and hear some real shit from you. And thank you. I know we only yeah. went for three songs, but we're going to we got to do this again, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate you guys, man, and all the listeners and your platform. I love what you guys are doing, man. And just keep on keep fighting the good fights. I'm man. with you. I'm with you, brother. <laughs> Bring back the funk, dude. Yes, sir. Oh, and I, hey, like hey, world. look at, look at, dog. There's my funk. That's for you, dude. Hey, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I would have yes, worn, sir. I would have worn my Run DMC hat too, dude. But, you know, it oh, fucking oh. looked a little, I look a little goofy with the fucking headphones on. So whatever. <laughs> but, good, man. It's, look, it, it ain't a look. It's, it's right here. You know what I mean? That's all it is for me too. So I really don't care, you know, but I, I just want to say thank you, man. And, and I do appreciate you coming on our show, and, and uh, we will do this again. And next time, we're in the studio, right? Sure, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. All right, man. Hey, guys, listen. Cooley Bully, check him out, dude. He's on Instagram. He's everywhere. YouTube. He's got a yeah. shit ton of followers on YouTube. You can check out all of his music videos on YouTube. You can stream all of his music on all the platforms, just like the podcast. You can follow it everywhere. Um, show this man some love, dude. It, you gotta, you guys gotta give him love and let real talent be real talent, dude. Push this guy to a level that's that's bigger than ever because he deserves it. He's been through it, and his fucking music is good. And you heard it now; the world hears it. Let's let's all just build him up. And I want to say thanks, Cooley. Man, I appreciate you, and I appreciate all the fans out there. And man, let's keep funking this world up, man, and spread some love and some good vibes, man. It's needed now more than ever. So. Let's do it, man. All right, Cooley. Well. Uh, I'll stay at you, bro, and uh, we'll talk soon. 
All right, brother. Peace. All right, man. Thank you. God bless. Well, I got to say that interview, it was on point. And I'm going to finish with my finishing thoughts. Marissa's not here right now, so I'm just going to finish it. I just want to say thanks to Cooley. Um, he did an interview with me that was fun. Just like his music, the guy is just a flat-out fun guy. And I need to say thanks to the fans. And I want to give thanks to to everything right now that's involved with this podcast right now. Marissa, you guys, Cooley Bully, the artists that we're going to be interviewing here coming up, um, everybody, you know. I mean, it's a collaborative effort, and it's a big moving ball that just keeps moving and catching more snow, more followers, more this, more that, more advertising, all that stuff, you know. And it's building over time, and I'm enjoying the process, even though I'm sicker than shit right now, and I'm fighting through to get this product out to you guys for Wednesday. I love you guys, and I'm very thankful And I just wanted to make sure that I pointed that out today because sometimes people miss what the reality of life is. And being thankful is a reality of life. You need to thank everything in your life that is good because there's sometimes where you feel like it's just all negative and you need to actually like kind of sit back and just realize you have a lot of things to be thankful for. And at this moment, with as sick as I am and as bad as the last few days have been, I'm thankful. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for this podcast. And I'm thankful for the artists that come on this podcast and allow me to dig deeper into their art. And these are real human beings and and with real thoughts. So I'm very thankful. So... Thank you at Cooley Bully for being so dope. Thanks for bringing funk back to the rap world. I'm looking forward to it. And just remember, guys, you know, if you see a guy that looks like me, maybe stop and ask him if he's suffering. Actually, wait, better yet, if you see a guy like me that is me, wait, if you see me, Stay the fuck away, I'm sick.